It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The Monopoly game at Maccas is in full swing. Download the My Maccas app and play today. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. Ah, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can have. However you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in, it's wonderful to have you on board. Uh, this is the Maccas Run. Of course, we do it all for McDonald's. Um, the clue is in the title. The McSpicy range at Maccas, can you handle the heat? Uh, this is all about you having your say on the news of the day as we just recap some of the major stories uh, kicking around. one 736 736 to do that. On the Harcourts open line, your move, your Harcourts. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts. For all things sport, give me a call. one 736 736 You can text in 0433981116 on the 40 Winks Temper Text Consumer Choice Winner. Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your rig. one 736 736 So however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us around the SEN network, this is all about you having your say on the news of the day. A little bit to get through. Now, I've just been sent this via text. Um, Mitch Scott, who uh, is the, the very fine producer of Dwayne's World, I think the creative mind behind Midday Madness, I'm just going to give it to Mitch, uh, also runs uh, our cricket broadcast here, is just texting me through an article that says, Adam Zampa is in extreme doubt for tonight's must-win World Cup clash against Sri Lanka after coming down with COVID symptoms. This is being reported in the Herald Sun by Ben Horn, whose mail um, makes Australia Post jealous. So that's how sharp Ben Horn is. Uh, ICC World Cup rules dictate the COVID-positive players are allowed to play, and Australia may not make a final call on Zampa until just before the toss. News Corp understands, though, that he's doubtful to take his place in the eleven opening the door for West Australian spinner Ashton Agar, who is still, by the way, ranked top 10 in the ICC T20 World Rankings. I looked at that just before. He's Australia's third highest ranked bowler and hasn't played in, well, any meaningful way. Uh, he played one game at the last World Cup against England, and because Australia got pummeled, he uh, got dropped. I don't think he was to blame, but hey, that's just how it rolls. Um, so Ashton Agar looking to step in. Uh, it's understood Zampa's symptoms are not necessarily severe, but there's concern about him taking the field in such a big game. Agar actually played in the warm-up game against India. Uh, that's right, he did too. Uh, he's had a side strain of recent times as well and just hasn't been preferred in um, in their preferred lineup. So that's a big news story coming to hand. So at 6.30, we're going to cross over to the West. Tim Sausage Gossage. Uh, Tim Gossage is going to be calling the game tonight with Brad Hogg, which you'll hear on SEN at the family-friendly time uh, on the Eastern States uh, at 10 p.m., uh, 8 p.m., of course, local time. Um, a must-win clash for Australia. So there's some big decisions to make for the Aussies about do they, um, well, do they start to waver on what they think their best side is because of how things unfolded um, in the game against New Zealand, or do they stick fat with the team that they think clearly is their best? 
The problem with that, and the issue that I've always had with it, is that in nine games leading up, nine T20 national games leading up to this World Cup, only once did they play that lineup. Now, I'm not a high performance manager, I'm not a coach, but it would I would believe that in any level of sport, that if you are leading up to a, the most important tournament in, in a particular format of the sport, that you would want to maybe just ramp up with your best team. But they only played their best team, what they see clearly as their best team, once in nine games uh, in the build-up. So looking forward to chatting to Tim Gossage. We're going to be speaking to Jess Webster from Fox Sports. Um, there's only one round to go in the AFLW, so round nine was a cracker. Round 10 has some really important games in the context of the top four and the top eight. So we'll have a chat to Jess Webster about that uh, as well. Biggest story still getting around, though, from a sporting point of view, especially from a footy point of view, is Ross Lyon. Uh, Ross was on this morning SEN Breakfast uh, with Gary Lyon and Kane Corns. Uh, I want to play you a little bit about uh, what they spoke about. And this was Ross. Um, this was Ross on wanting on the job uh, and wanting to be better. Uh, in the end, you know, I was prepared to do that. But look, I, I made sure over this, you know, those 10 days or whatever it was, there were some really deep conversations. And, you know, you've you got to make sure that you feel you're going to be surrounded by really competent people in those key posts and that you're going to have support. So that's all you can ask for. And then you've got to write your own story as, as a player and coaching group. So, and, and look, I want to do it better. I need to improve. I want to improve. I want to do it better. I've got thoughts on that. And, and I sort of voiced some of that in the press conference yesterday. But, yeah, yeah, you take that emotionally. You know, yeah. Well, there, so, you know, there'll be a lot of critics and all that, so that's okay. What do you want to do better? Can you give us an insight into where you feel you can improve from last time? Yeah, what I said, really, like... Um, yeah, quick pricey, like, I was the accidental coach. I didn't want to coach senior footy. They rang me up to interviews. <laughs> I went to St Kilda, stuffed it up early, and then um, learn on the was nimble enough to learn on the run and develop a, a deeper philosophy. And then, of, you know, possibility and all those things and letting go results. And then got to work on the mechanics and in the end got to the right on the curve of how, how footy's been played for a long time now. And then I, I left in controversial circumstances. So I, I coached with expectation there. And I, once we got going, I just flatlined, really. I, <laughs> I was too scared to take my foot off because I knew I was like to lose. So when I went to Fremantle, look, under enormous pressure, and I just went in and got it done, to be honest. It was like, this is what I want, and we go away. And I was helping. I probably worked harder then than I did at St Kilda, you know. So... Um, I really, what I said is it's blank canvas, but now I come in, there's a blank canvas. I've been out of the game three years. There's some, you know, Corey Enright and Hayes, you know, they're, they're really high level and Damon Carroll. So I'll throw it to them. How do you want to play? And then I'll have some views. Um, so I'll blank canvas. I want to take people on the journey, you know, and I've spoken to mentors. I really want to really inspire the people around me outside of the player group as, as much as you do the player group. So... And I think I've got a deeper understanding of, of who I am. And I, I just don't want to regress under the pressure, you know. So what you've seen in the media is, is really my authentic self. And I'd like to bring more of that to the table. 
Ross Lyon with Gary and Kane on SEN Breakfast earlier this morning. SEN.com.au to hear the full chat uh, on the SEN Breakfast podcast. But he also gave us a little insight on what style of footy St Kilda are going to play next season. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, the Saints, you know, we will press footy, doctors press footy. I never really defended with the ball in hand, although later I did because that's where the game went. And to be honest, in my last year at the Dockers, we, we lengthened, we surged, we were direct. All the numbers, you couldn't have had a look, anyone had a deep dive. And at round 12, we were one defence and fifth attack. We'd beaten mm. four of the top five. And we've really been lauded, to be truthful, for an emerging team. So, and then we fell off the cliff with injuries. So, um, I'd like to... And the surge game is... And that was before the stand mark, so... Um, the stand rule, I think, really just brought the game back to almost what it was, to be truthful. Um, so I have, I have said to Corey Enright, and I've said to Lenny Hayes, you, you guys put it to me. You show me. because it, um, But I'd like to play more of a go-surge game because I don't coach you. I, you know what I, mean? I, I don't mm. put clangers up on the board. I don't tell mm. you what you've turned over. That's, I've never coached like that. You know, go and ask Robert Eddy and a few of those guys. You know that I've coached, I've managed the ball. I, I never talk, spoke about their skill. Did I want them to improve it and working on the track? Yeah, but it was never something that would hinder them. So bring bring your effort, play your role, and and we'll get on the same page and we'll have a dip. You know, that's all you can ask, isn't it? Uh, he also spoke about uh, not being concerned about the list. He, when uh, people were speaking about how many finals Paddy Dangerfield had played, as opposed to St Kilda over a certain amount of years, how we felt disrespected so the passion very much there the desire to succeed very much there but the other big story of the day was Robert Harvey um, retired in 2008 as a player um, went to Carlton Footy Club as an assistant coach from the end of 2008 to 2010 was a, an assistant coach at St Kilda 2010 to 2011 uh, Collingwood for 10 years, 2011 to 2021, including uh, a stint as the caretaker coach when Nathan Buckley stood down, and then uh, a Hawthorne assistant coach um, for a season under Sam Mitchell joining, um, it was announced in September uh, of last year that he would be joining. Uh, he was just on with Andy and Gazy uh, on the run home a little earlier and, and spoke about his personal um, coaching ambitions and whether they still burnt. Oh, look, I'm, I'm honestly in the position now of coaching. I've been coaching for so long. Um, I'm quite honestly, my, my approach is now just to live in the moment and try and enjoy every moment. Yeah. And that, that was a real factor in me making the decision that I made. And I just want to get in and just be present with this, this role and, and think of nothing else. I have no real, you know, you know I'm, I'm, I've been doing this a long time. I'm 51, so I know... You know, the clock's always ticking in this caper. So, you know, I've been through that, you know, the ambition and, you know, you're looking ahead all the time or you're looking behind all the time. I just want to stay in the moment and enjoy it. And, you know, this this right now for me, all that matters is just enjoying this this journey that I'm starting right now with Ross and St Kilda and, and the other coaches and players, and that's what I want to do. And I, I'm really aren't thinking any, any, any further than that. So what, what, what spills of that? Will, will be, but um, I just want to enjoy this moment. Mm. He spoke about a very tough decision to make because it had come so late in the year, but the, the lure of uh, heading home um, to his beloved Saints um, was just uh, too big an opportunity to pass up. So I, I liken this, I think, it's phenomenal for, for the Saints, by the way. Um, again, 
I'm treating these two things as mutually exclusive. I think that the treatment of Brett Ratton was just absolutely awful in the way that that unfolded. Uh, no one should be treated like that. I don't care how much they get paid and I don't care how tough the industry is. That's just not how things should be done. You shouldn't have to go beg for a job that you've already been given only to lose it. Um, but this is a, put that to one side. What's happening now for Saints fans, even if you were a skeptic about Ross Lyon coming back, you are probably just frothing over the fact that Lenny Hayes and Robert Harvey two of the favourite sons of the Saints. Like, those names are up there with the most iconic, the most beloved St Kilda players throughout their history. They have those two coming back. This is like the pill in the food that you give your dog. If your dog's like mine, our, our cavoodle Zoe likes cheese. And when we've got to give her a tablet, we do so because she won't swallow it. She spits it back up unless you shove it right down. You do want to do it nicely. You don't want to cause her any distress. So you wrap it up in cheese and then she gets the pill. So she thinks she's just having this nice bit of cheese when really she's having the pill in the food that you needed to give her and you were trying to slot it in. I'm not saying every Saints fan's like that, but there are some Saints fans who are still quite upset with the way that Ross left and how that all unfolded. I reckon for those fans, this is the pill. This is how you, this is how you get them to digest that pill. You wrap it up in the cheese that is Robert Harvey and Lenny Hayes, and it is, makes it all the more easy to get down. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, Saints fans. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jess Webster's going to join us uh, to look ahead to the final round of AFLW, and that's next on SEN. The Monopoly game at Maccas is in full swing. Download the My Maccas app and play today. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. Uh, for the mixed spicy range at Maccas, can you handle the heat? one 736 on the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts. Bake from Churnside Park. Stay right there. I'm going to chat to you on the other side of this uh, chat uh, that I've been really looking forward to having with Jess Webster, an absolute star in the commentary box for Fox Sports uh, and the ABC uh, as well. You would have heard her uh, doing all the big games for the AFLW on Fox footy. Knows the AFLW like the back of her hand. No one better to have a yarn to uh, with the final round of the season uh, about to fall. And the round that was was an absolute ripper as well. And so many exciting uh, games to finish out the season. Jess, hello to you. Hello, Sam. How are you going? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for agreeing to come on. Hey, I want to play you something before we, we have a chat. Um, this is my moment of the round, and I want to play this to you because you'll be able to tell the story of Courtney Wakefield so much better than I will be able to. But this moment from the Tigers' win, their seventh in a row against the Giants up in Mildura, her hometown. Big moment this in the career of Courtney Wakefield. 600 Ks from Punt Road with family and friends around her for the first time. And she gets to savour it with a goal. I absolutely love that, Jess. Um, that's my, that was the greatest moment for the round for me. Why is the Courtney Wakefield story one that we should all know? Oh, look, it's just one of the many reasons why we love the AFLW. But Courtney's story is, is an absolute ripper and, and one of our great stories. She comes from a, a farm north of Mildura and uh, played, played footy when she was younger uh, for a country town, didn't think there was a pathway. And then when AFLW started, she thought, okay, I'm going to have a crack. So she started coming in and making a 600-kilometre trip to Melbourne to play VFLW for the Tigers. Did that for a couple of years. That's her place on Richmond's inaugural list in 2020. 
and I just find it so fitting that for the first ever AFLW game that was played in Mildura, we got to kick a goal. It was just, it was, I agree with you, it was, it was everything that we love about this competition and more. Fantastic. I think her and her partner and, and their kids, and when she tried out initially for Richmond's VFLW side, I think it was in Bendigo, she was seven weeks on from having given birth. Um, yes, uh, and was breast, was breast, had to breastfeed during, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She really has had to earn her opportunity and um, and is such a strong and resilient person, um, but also a very lovely person as well. And she deserves absolutely, she deserves the spotlight. Um, she deserves um, all her praise because she has put in so much effort to get to where she is and uh, she is such an inspiration. Works on the farm, 109,000 acres. Um, extraordinary. Hey, um, what have you enjoyed most about this season now that the competition is complete, Jess? Yeah, look, I think it's a combination of um, seeing the four new teams come in. It, it's so great to be a part of history, particularly as a broadcaster. It's been really great to uh, be involved in, in some really memorable moments. Um, and then at the other scale, I've really enjoyed seeing the standard go up. Um, it, it you know, always goes up every year, but I, I know that there's a gap between the best and the worst at the moment, and I believe it's you know short-term pain for long-term gains. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad we've got a full competition. It's been really fun to witness history, um, but I've also enjoyed seeing, I think, some of the best football that we've had to date. Uh, I agree with you. And and it's great. It's great. Um, a great look into what's to come in the next couple of years, given that Geelong, I think, have won four games in two years. Richmond, six games in two years. Both those teams are about to play finals for the first time. Um, that is gives us great faith in what's to come for the expansion sides. Who's best, do you think, is competition best? Oh, it's, it's, I'm trying not to sit on the face of it, Dan, but, um, sit on the face of other, but, um, I think that it's really hard to split Melbourne and Brisbane. I think they both play similar game styles, um, with their own spin on it. Um, you know, if you look at the last two times that they played each other, obviously Melbourne pitched Brisbane in the prelim final and they really caught them on the rebound. And then earlier this year, Brisbane really applied their trademark pressure and they're so fit and they ran out the game really well. So, um, it's really hard, I think, to say who's got who's um, got the best game plan or the best style. I think it's between those two. Uh, so with the games this week, Jess, there's top four ramifications when you look at Brisbane playing Collingwood. Um, Melbourne should be okay over West Coast, but um, there's there's teams who are right on the brink. North Melbourne could jump up into top four. Richmond looking to keep it. Um, how do you think those are all going to fall? And what are you expecting the top eight and top four to be? as we go into finals the week after. Yeah, I've got some cracking games to finish off the home and away, home and away season. Um, yeah, a couple that you just mentioned that stands out, Lions against Magpies. I think we, when it comes to Collingwood, we always thought the last two rounds are really going to see where they're at. So I thought that was a big statement win from North Melbourne on the weekend um, to beat them in the way that they did. And, and they've got a, a um, they've got to respond against Brisbane, um, which would be another good test to see where Collingwood are at. And I think we might answer some questions about whether or not they're a premiership contender. And North Melbourne against Richmond, I think Richmond have a couple of injury concerns, which isn't good for them. Um, I think North Melbourne are the dark horse of the competition, so I expect them to get over the line there. But, um, of course, anything can happen. Richmond beat Brisbane in the year, so we know their best is certainly good enough to match it with uh, anyone in the competition. So I don't think there's a single spot in the top eight that's actually locked in um, at the moment. So, yeah, can't wait. Bring it on. Richmond and Geelong, uh, before we finish up, 
these they're great stories from where they were to where they are. Um, it, it's I get so much satisfaction watching those two teams play. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, they really are one of the feel-good stories, I think, of this season. Um, and and they have come... You know, I think it took Richmond 10 games, 10 games to win a game. So currently the longest streak, I think Sydney, if they don't win this weekend, will, will equal that. Um, so they started off this competition, you know, and, and, and had to wait so long to get their first victory. Um, Geelong, I mean, they've been down the bottom of the table and, um, and they have... Come back. The turnaround for Geelong... Um, I think it's quite stunning because they have they had uh, many issues. I think um, with their with their midfield forward transition, but they're looking so potent. And the midfield is one of the best midfield groups in the competition, um, and they're putting on good scores on the board. So yeah, it's it, it's so fantastic uh, to see them in the business end of the year, and um, I'm really looking forward to see how they go. All right, so. And I don't mind if you say Brisbane. I, I won't. I won't. I don't think there's any bias there because I think their best is competition best as well. So, who's been the best player of this season, and who wins it all for you? Oh, the best player uh, for me this year is Jazz Garner. Yes. Uh, she's been such a joy to watch, and, and uh, I think she will be. I think. I think she has to be the contender. Uh, the number one um, favourite for the AFLW Best and Fairest. She's just such a complete player and a genuine match winner. I think she's like, averaging career-best uh, numbers and disposals and marks and clearances, I think, this year. So yeah. she's really taken a game to another level, which is really, you know, um, interesting to say for a four-time All-Australian. Um, but, yeah, I just... She's one of those players that when, when she does something on the, on the footy field, as a commentator, you actually find it difficult to find the words to describe what she's actually... <laughs> what you've just seen. Um, she's that good. Um, yeah, she's tripped me up a couple of times, so thanks for that, Jess. But, um, but yeah, look, love watching her play. I think I think she's been the standout player this year. Uh, Jess Webster, absolute star, killing it with Fox Footy uh, in her calling of the of the uh, AFLW this year. Are we looking forward to this round this week and then the finals to come? Thanks so much, Jess. Hey, we've got to hit a break. Uh, on the other side of this, we'll check in with Tim Gossage ahead of Australia and Sri Lanka. The Monopoly game at Maccas is in full swing. Download the My Maccas app and play today. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. Uh, the McSpicy range at Maccas, can you handle the heat? Welcome back or to the Maccas Run, whichever category you fall into. Either way, wonderful to have you on board, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, right around the country on the SEN network. You can call at any time on the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts, one 736 736 Just before I get to our next very, very special guest, Bakes in Churnside Park has been waiting ever so patiently to have his say on the Saints. Uh, Ross Lyon back at the club. Spoke to Gary and Kane earlier today, SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. Robert Harvey, the massive announcement. He is back at the Saints as well as an assistant coach with Lenny Hayes. That's a bit of a dream team for the Saints. Uh, Bakes, what have you made of it? Mate, I'd just like to say it's been an emotional time over the last few weeks to be a St Kilda supporter. I was disenchanted at the end of the season with how we finished. I was very peeved after our uh, non-combative trade period uh, and bringing in absolutely nothing to the point where I actually rang the club and cancelled my membership. 
I'm sorry to say, but I was unsure of the appointment of Ross Lyon and a little bit disappointed how Brett Ratton got shown the door. However, with the appointment of Lenny Hayes and also Robert Harvey, I'm actually now looking forward to the season where if it had have stayed Brett Ratton, I'm sorry, but I don't think I would have been looking forward to season 2023. So, Bakes, let me ask you this. The big question is, are you renewing your membership? 100%, mate. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff, I, mate. I must admit, I was, I was very emotional, but I, uh, I will stick that. I will get that membership again. Good work, mate. Well done. Proud of you. An emotional response, uh, maybe an overreaction. I, don't, I never like seeing the membership torn up because I think that hurts so much more than uh, just the people that might unfortunately be making some bad decisions. But sometimes you've got to, you've got to show, you've got to vote with your feet and show the club uh, what you're willing and not willing to put up with. So I do understand it. Um, but I do love when people do stick fat and uh, it's good to see uh, that you are. I think it is just genius. Um, Lenny Hayes and Robert Harvey coming back with Ross Lyon. For those who aren't quite ready to accept Ross Lyon back, they would be jumping for joy, just like just like Bakes was, the fact that two of the favourites um, are coming back in Lenny Hayes and, uh, and Robert Harvey. It is the pill in the food. Very, very smart. Genius from the Saints. One man who I uh, always associate with the word genius. Um, he's the host of SENWA Breakfast. Uh, one of our favourites, uh, the Sausage Gossage, Tim Gossage, who's going to be leading the commentary. Australia, Sri Lanka, family-friendly time of 8pm in the West, 10pm over here. Um, <laughs> no, massive game. It's no, a lot on the line. Goss, there's a lot Damn. on the line. Australia's World Cup hanging by a thread. Their defence set the scene for us, my friend. Hello. Well, well, Sammy, Sammy, first things first, mate, yes. it, w- it, it will be 7 o'clock Perth time. Oh, yeah, right? it's 3. It's, 10 yeah. o'clock yours, it's yep. two, right? Not, not 8 o'clock. It was 8 o'clock. The first innings would be over. So we, are, we are get underway at 9.30 on air with myself and Bradley Hogg. That's our team. Beautiful We team. do everything over here. Sammy. Ripping team. We do everything. And, uh, mate, let me tell you, the scene is, there is obviously, you've probably run with it, Zampa in doubt. Yes. Okay. Zamper in doubt. Now he has, he has, he's now positive. Not showing signs of positive. He's now positive. And uh, depending on who you speak to, one he'll play. Two, they'll bring in Agar, who is a very good finisher, in particular against Sri Lanka, of course, which is his native country. Um, and not only that, there is talk that Green could play in place of Zampa. So there's a few permutations for the Australian team. What I will say, a picture perfect day in the West. Blue skies are plenty. No problems with the game going ahead. But a very, very interesting crowd of just 25,000 expected in a 60,000-seat stadium. Fair to say, I think the Australian cricket team might be on the nose of those out west. What's what's that about, Goss? Why only... Because we know the Sri Lankan fans are some of the best sporting fans in the world. They will go anywhere, anytime, doesn't matter. They'll show up, there'll be bands, there'll be music, it'll be awesome. Why are the locals not turning up on mass? It's only the second international game you've had since 2020. It might not be the Sri Lankan people who don't come to the cricket. It might be the fact is that it is a school night. It, will, it is a 7 o'clock start. It will be a 10.30 finish. Um, and the Australian cricket team is just a tad on the nose. And there was probably some repercussions for the exit of Justin Langer, where as much as he's moved on, and I think a big section of 
the sporting cricket community has moved on, there's probably a, a level of people who their care factor has diminished somewhat with the Australian team. Um, and, you know, that uh, they, they might be waiting for the bigger games. They might be looking forward to Friday and might be travelling across to, to see them play England, the MCG. Not sure, but 25,000, it is disappointing because it is certainly a make-or-break game. As we know, every game now, Sam, as you would be aware and the listeners, every game is a final now. And what they have to do tonight is they have to win well. They've got to get that, that horrible um, run rate up which took an absolute battering in Sydney. And, and so just repeating the news, Zampa, positive to COVID, still in selection consideration, but talk that it could be Agar and or Green replacing him. So, Goss, just one more question on the crowd, because you are more clued in to the, to the, the wants and needs and the feelings of the public over there than anyone. So there's no better person to speak to about this than you. Finger on the pulse, hearts and minds. You hold them in the palm of your hand over there, um, such as their love for you. Um, how does this get fixed? What do they need to do, Cricket Australia, um, to try and get the public over there to fall back in love with this team? Time. It's just going to take time. Um, and... You know, and I, you know, for what it's worth, I don't think the the talk about the the team sponsorship and and all that sort of stuff. I don't think that does any. Look, I I respect the that Pat Cummins has a stance and he has the platform as captain of Australia, but I don't know if it's the right timing to be doing that in a World Cup. There's a lot of people are going, oh yeah, okay, no worries, mate. Would it have happened under Tim Payne's regime? Um, again, it's just going to take time and. Green and Marsh, to a lesser extent, Agar, maybe Richardson through test matches. There has to be that WA flavour again. Green is, is very popular over here. Agar is popular, but not to the same level of Green. Green is the sort of the poster boy at the moment, and everyone loves Marsh, but they've just got to get... You know, we're, we're one eyes. There's absolutely no doubt. And, and, and if Justin Langer, who is a walking, talking cricket god in WA, is treated what everyone thinks badly... And I know it's a while ago now and we should all move on and I've moved on, certainly. But um, there is just a, a whiff. There's a whiff over the Australian cricket team at the moment. And and um, and I don't think... Well, I don't know whether it's any different anywhere else, but it'd be interesting to see. I mean, there was a great crowd there in Sydney, but there was a massive New Zealand audience. There'll be a massive England audience. But we talked about the crowd the other night. I mean, I was expecting 20,000 for England versus Afghanistan. Albeit Afghanistan or a minnow, but... England aren't, and it was they had a pocket of Barmy Army supporters, but there was, would have been lucky to be eight thousand here the other night. And I was expecting there was more security. It was tougher to get in the ground than it was to get, you know, get a seat. It was incredible um, the lack of atmosphere at the ground the other night. And tonight will be good. It'll be good, but it won't be raucous. It's not going to be massive, and it's a and it's a make or break game. So, Goss, what camp do you sit in? Do you sit in the well? The lineup you've selected just did not work. So you need to make a change, David out, Steve Smith in, or are you a, well, hang on, it's just one bad game, and given that they didn't use this lineup at all during the warm-ups, albeit just once in nine games, did they use that lineup just once in the nine games in the build-up uh, to this World Cup? So are you just a wait and see, or do you think actually it's more like Stoinis out and Smith in? Where do you sit on selection, Goss? Strange. It, look, I was talking to a couple of uh, cricket men who are uh, connected to the uh, to the SEN network, and they, they'd be surprised if there was a change. This was prior to Zampa. I'm, I'm putting it down to just a bad day at the office. It was mm. too bad to be true. Um, I spoke to Mitch Marsh this morning. 
and he just said, no, you know, we'll back ourselves in. The group is still, uh, yes, it was poor. It was really poor, but he did say the mood, getting on the bus and getting on the plane since arriving WA is one of positive. Uh, There's not a lot of doom and gloom about the group. I suppose, Sam, I said it, and I've heard others say it today. I heard Butt Up, Sunderation earlier with Jared. The problem with the Australian team, it's an all or nothing lineup. You've got you've got seven finishers. You don't have a Steve Smith who will just prod and get it around and get 35 off 30. And a lot of people say, well, that's not good enough to be in the Australian T20. But it is if you've got Maxwell, Warner, Stoinis, Marsh bludgeoning the ball at the other end. So that's the biggest issue. And if one falls, someone has to play a different style of game. And they don't have that in their repertoire. Maxwell's not going to stodgy up an end, nor is anyone else. So the, the, the balance is wrong of the team, but on sheer talent, they should blow this mob off the park tonight. But I'll tell you what, if they get rolled, and Sri Lanka have just all of a sudden got their mojo back after a tardy start against Namibia, um, there'll be a Royal Commission in regards to what happens with the Australian cricket team. If they get beat tonight, let me tell you, the heat will go on in a massive way. I reckon it was, the heat was on Phil Simmons in the West Indies, Australia, the defending champions, got blown off the park at the SCG. They wouldn't want to lose tonight. I'm confident they won't, but let me tell you, there'll be that little seed in the back of their mind going, heavens above. If all of a sudden they're four for 30, or Sri Lanka are none for 100, there's going to be some absolute blowtorching going on, and in particular on the east coast of the country. Well, I remember when we didn't make the final in 92, and that was Pakistan, England, and that was just unthinkable. Uh, at the time, we blew up Deluxe then, Goss, and I can only imagine what the response is going to be this time around. That And Australia have beaten Sri Lanka 11 out of the last 13, but yet yep. Sri Lanka are a dangerous side. I mean, Winindu Hasaranga is, is the fourth best all-rounder in world cricket. He's the third best um, T20 bowler uh, in world cricket. They've got dangerous players. It's just about them all doing it on the same day, but look out if they do. Oh, 100%. And... and uh, Shanaka, 54 not out the last time they played when Sri Lanka beat Australia by those four wickets with the ball to spare over there in, in Sri Lanka. I mean, 54 of 25 balls. Uh, again, a different environment. Let me tell you, the wicket mm. here is lively. The outfield is incredibly quick. It's going to be flying. I want to see Australia bat first, get absolutely in control of the game right off the, uh, um, off the top, post a, a 180, 190 score, if not close to 200, and then, then, then bundle Sri Lanka out get that net run rate sorted, get the confidence back and get to Melbourne to take on England. Because that game, imagine if that game on Friday night has no value, has no value if Australia get beat tonight. Can you imagine? No, I can't. As defending champions and with the calibre of the lineup, I think we've got two bowlers inside the top 10. Hazelwood's the number one T20 bowler in the world. Zampa's six or seven. I know that Stark and Cummins are a bit down that list, but then, you know, when you look at Maxwell, Warner and Finch are the two highest ever scorers for Australia in the format, and Finch is still ranked top 10. Warner just outside it. So with the list that, with that team, no, I'll be absolutely stunned. Mitch Marshall bowled tonight. He, he made a comment yesterday. He made it again today. He's expected to bowl um, in this game, which would be good. So he's been given the tick of approval. He's come through all of that. But again, you know, his fitness and his ankle injury has always been an issue. So um, he's just got to get through that. I'm confident they can bounce back. Conditions are, are perfect for Australia. 
backs to the wall stuff, um, it'll be interesting. It'll be right between the ears in regards to how they focus and, and uh, whether they what change they do make when the team is uh, team sheet is put in um, half an hour before the game here tonight. So, you know, um, whether they play Zampa and he goes through the isolation rules and plays, as we know, there was uh, the Irish guy played, uh, Dakarl played the other night, um, and we know that uh, Tali McGrath played also in a big bash game uh, in, a, in a T20 earlier as well with COVID. So, look, there's a bit to play out in the Zampa thing. Um, I think Zampa is important, but I don't think he's irreplaceable. Goss, uh, last question for me, and it's a, it's a crucial one. Given that Brad Hogg is one of the most excitable uh, people when it comes to cricket, I mean, his <laughs> unadulterated love for the game, sitting down in a commentary box, how, do, you, do you try and just contain him and control him in any measure, or do you just give him a wide berth and say, you go, you go on, son? <laughs> he's very good. Oh, he's, he's great. Very learned, but I do, great. But yeah, he's very good. He's very good analytically of the game. Uh, there's a lot of yeah now. <laughs> I guess the year na Omra gets a run. And what he did do the other night, Noham, he is he actually, because there's only him and I and there's the tech guy and we're all doing everything. We're doing the social media, we're mm. doing the commentary, we're going to the toilet and all that sort of stuff. And we try to squeeze in a meal in between that. We try to squeeze in, and you know what it's like, Sammy, yeah. if uh, you've got it down in Geelong. You don't get long between overs and you don't get long between breaks. So he, was, he managed to analyse, comment, go to the toilet and eat a beef cheek dinner full flush <laughs> with vegetables and did not miss a beat. Did not miss a beat. Um, he is a freak of nature and he'll be up and about tonight. And uh, I, I've got a feeling he's um, he's got a couple of good ones in store tonight. So he'll be at his very, very best. And we're on air your time at 9.30 tonight. So stick, the, uh, stick it on the app. Stick the uh, pods in. Go to sleep, everyone. Uh, let the expert take care of it. And uh, just remind everyone, Sammy, if I can, yeah. as a nine-year-old in under-12s over here in <laughs> WA, I took nine for eight, mm. seven for one, and seven for none in three consecutive games and finished the season with a bowling average of 3.6, and I've got the trophy to prove it. Well, I, I, oh, look, I don't have any cricket stories that could remotely top that. Um <laughs> I, I have, when I got suspended playing for Barker's Creek, um, I just uh, had a little upset stomach that found its way onto just short of a length uh, outside the Popping Creek. Just uh, in the good areas for the bowlers, got suspended for that. Uh, when I was a kid, guys, I used to go out and had the worst temper. My dad was coach. I'd go sit in his car and there was a car phone there and I was so angry that I'd order fake taxis to the houses across the road just to cheer myself up. <laughs> It's a, it's a good talkback, isn't it? Your 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 growing up cricket um, highlight or low light. Yeah. Uh, I got run out in a grand final once when the guy at the other well, I didn't get run out. The other guy at the other end got run out when his plastic box fell out of his uh, pants as he was running. He put it on the outside of his jocks, not on the inside. It fell out and turned around to go back and get it. We got run out lost by two runs. <laughs> Oh, this is, we're definitely going to have to do this again. Just your shameful, your, your worst sports scenarios where you really haven't done yourself proud or your family. Um, that would be, a, <laughs> we'll do that another day, my friend. I love catching up with you. Happy Very calling good, tonight. You guys will knock it out of the park, I'm sure. Thanks, mate. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Appreciate it.
Tim Gossage, uh, one of the best. We love him uh, at SEN, uh, SENWA breakfast show host, uh, Gillian Goss and Scotty Cummins is in there as well. You can podcast their show any day at SEN.com.au. And, of course, 9.30 if you're listening in the eastern states tonight. The coverage will start on the SEN app. Um, That is your home of the T20 World Cup. The SEN app, um, SEN Fanatic. Every game of the 2022 ICC Men's T20 World Cup you will find on SEN. So 9.30 in the Eastern States, 7.30 if you're over in the West. Check your local guides, as they say in the classics. And, yep, I'm aware that Goss sounded like he was on helium. I understand. (laughs) Goss on helium. Goss is a chipmunk. Goss sounds like Mickey Mouse. Yep, there's just a slight issue with the phones, but we appreciate your patience with us. A couple other things kicking around from a news point of view today. I'm going to get to those in just a moment. Uh, And then after seven, uh, former Bulldog, former Eagle, Josh Hill is going to join us uh, for a bit of a stint in the studio. Looking forward to doing that. Yeah, well, um, it's taken it's taken a bit of good time to get through that, but um, yeah, it's, at least we've got a platform now from which we can um, get a chance to tell our side of the story. And um, yeah, Faze, myself, and, and Jason have been through a tough time over the last four weeks, and um, yeah, just pleased that um, yeah, they've been able to identify a platform with which we can um, reveal some of the truth behind this, and uh, then we get on with. Uh, that was uh, former Hawks coach and soon-to-be North Melbourne coach Alistair Clarkson getting back from Scotland where he's been spending time with Ange Postacoglu. Uh, stopped at the airport by Channel 9 uh, cameras and reporters uh, today um, talking about uh, now that the framework's been put in place, uh, the four-person panel to investigate um, the uh, to put up the investigation into the claims of poor treatment uh, of First Nation players and their families uh, by uh, the Hawthorne Football Club. So Alistair Clarkson, Chris Fagan... Um, and Jason Burt, um, where that is scheduled to be set for December 2022 this year. Uh, and the AFL has ticked off Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan returning to work um, at their respective clubs. Uh, a couple of other things making news today as well. Um, Brent Costello uh, was on from Channel 9 down in Tassie. Um, Tassie government looked like maybe providing the only real hurdle left to them getting the 19th team in the AFL and they might, and you just hope that they aren't the causes of their own undoing when now every club is on board, even, even, um, Tony Cochran from the Gold Coast Suns. Um, but there is fighting at the moment about the stadium, which is what the deal apparently hinges on, according to the AFL, getting the new stadium. This is Brent Costello reporting to SEN Breakfast a little earlier today. Uh, the issue is now is that the, the Labor government here in Tasmania, the opposition, sorry, the Labor opposition, are, are dead against it. They say, we don't need a new stadium. We've got other priorities, uh, housing, costs of living, um, all these sorts of things, and, and, the, and the money should be directed elsewhere. Um, but the other side of the coin is that we need this stadium to get the team. So it's a, mm. it's a really delicate and tricky situation at the moment. Depends where you look and who you talk to, Kane. No, there's definitely people that are opposed to it, but there's certainly a lot of people that are for it. And probably I'd say the people I talk to, because I'm in the sporting circles, are, are all for it. Um, they know we need to get this stadium to, to get the team. So... Uh, that's right. The other interesting part of this too, guys, is if, if this is funded by the feds, uh, that's obviously the Labor government in Australia and the, and the, the state uh, Labor Party here are against it. So if the, the federal government does come through and fund this, it's going to be a really delicate and, and awkward situation for, for state Labor because um, they're obviously uh, on different uh, sides of the coin. So 
that's the other interesting part here. Um, the, 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 where it moves to from here is really fascinating too because does the AFL grant us a provisional licence um, contingent on the stadium being built and that funding being found or does Gil want to wait till all that funding is secured before he announces the Tassie team? So that's where we're kind of in that holding pattern at the moment not sure which way it's going to go. Brent Costello here, the full chat, sen.com.au. A bit more about Essendon and Kane and Gary's review, uh, but Sporting Capital is up next. Uh, Josh Carter is going to be our special guest in studio. Stick around for that. Uh, we do it all for Maccas. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.